Today's guest is Forrest Rivers. Forrest had an incredible out-of-body experience that ended in a ring of love, and today we're going to learn about it. Forrest, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome. Welcome, Jeff. I'm, I'm really excited to be on your show today. Well, that's great. I'm happy to have you. All right, if you don't mind, let's start on the day that this out-of-body experience happened. So uh, this may be a little bit different than some of the folks who have been on here, uh, but first I want to say I've had a number of out-of-body experiences before uh, in, in deep meditations. Um, th- they began happening, oh, I'm 39 now. So when I was 31, uh, whenever I would meditate with my uh, roommate, Sean, we would have very deep uh, meditations that would last three, sometimes four hours long. And uh, I would have out-of-body experiences, but there's one that really stood out. And uh, it revolves around an experience I had with a psychedelic. And uh, back in, so 31 years old, so that would have been uh, exactly eight years ago, 2013, I uh, I took DMT. Um, if your audience or the listeners and viewers don't know, it's a uh, psychedelic substance. It's naturally occurring. Um, and it's been termed actually the spirit molecule. It's, um, it's actually one of the main properties in ayahuasca. So when people go on the ayahuasca retreats and they have these incredibly transformative experiences, Jeff, the DMT is actually a big, you know, one of the key ingredients in it. So uh, to kind of, to kind of, just to give you a little background. So uh, during my day job, I'm a, a college uh, professor and I had a former student who had been involved in guiding many people through DMT trips. And he was in my class and he approached me at semester's end. And he told me, Jeff, he was like, well, I just took a class with you now it's time for you to take a class with me. Hmm. And, I, and I smiled and I had known a little bit about, uh, his name, by the way, was Cameron. He would absolutely, going to keep his last name sort of uh, secretive to protect him. But uh, Cameron approached me. He had been influenced by the likes of Graham Hancock, uh, who's done a lot of research with, uh, with, with psychedelics as a, as a, as a way to enter into a higher consciousness. And uh, so Cameron had, had called himself a reverse, uh, a, he called himself a reverse missionary, where essentially the way he looked at it is he was introducing people who were interested in exploring the inner realms of space, the, the spirit. And he, he obtained, he had a great, uh, great source of DMT and people he thought that were ready, he would approach. And he felt like, based on taking the class with me, that I would be very open to the experience. Now, up to that point, he had no idea that I had had prior out-of-body experiences. And he had had no idea uh, that, that, uh, that I had spent uh, a lot of time uh, uh, kind of cultivating a spiritual path. So... Uh, I invited him over to my house uh, one afternoon. It was about three or four days after the semester ended and grades were already in. And Cameron came over the house 
And he, he came over with a pipe and packed it with DMT, explained to me what might happen. Uh, it's very short, by the way, a DMT trip for anybody. Uh, and I'm not advocating to do it. It's just a inexperience. Um, and uh, it lasts anywhere between uh, 30 to 40 minutes. It's pretty fast moving. And uh, so you have a very intense spiritual inner experience. And I also want to make the point that DMT is not meant to be done recreationally, not at all. Mm. It's, it's meant as a, as a, as a spiritual pathway. So uh, Cameron came over. We, we uh, allotted an hour, hour and a half to the experience Uh, before even taking the DMT. We did a meditation together. We put on our salt lamps Uh, We put on some meditation music. He walked me through the instructions of how DMT would work and what I might experience. So my experience with it, we took three hits out of the pipe. And on the third hit, traditionally, he explained, I would have what's called a blast off, where almost everybody who who does DMT experiences an out-of-body experience. Their spirit, their essence literally pops out of their body. And that's a very common experience. And many people who have done DMT will have experiences, not everybody, but but I'd say a very good majority, Jeff, will actually be experiencing the point where they're observing their body and they will shoot literally off into alternative dimensions. And as far out as that sounds, I have a feeling that's not that far out to your audience. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's, 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 it's real. And for a while before I get in the actual experience, the, the details of it, uh, some, some will say, oh, well, it's just a hallucination. I actually, after my own experiences with hallucinogenic mushrooms and DMT, I would say that's not what it is. Actually, what it is, is you're tuning into an alternative perception that you normally don't have access to under waking states of consciousness. So it's not so much a, what we call a hallucination is actually just we're opening ourselves up to a alternative dimension that otherwise we don't have. So after I took the, the, the third hit, I had that blast off, immediate blast off experience where uh, I, after I took the third hit, I closed my eyes I fell into a deeply, what might be termed a trance or a deeply meditative experience, closed my eyes, and I fell into a very deep meditation. And what happened immediately, I started feeling intense feelings of love. I thought about a current breakup I had just had and felt the suffering and the the wave of, of wanting her forgiveness and me wanting to forgive I thought of my dog, Abby, who's still with me today. And I thought about the feelings I have of just intense connection and communion. I thought of the earth and all my time I spend in the woods. I thought of all my best friends and my family and how much gratitude I had. So I felt all this feeling of just like pain and suffering and joy and love all mixing together. This is after that third hit of DMT. And my, my hands began to tingle uncontrollably. My legs began to vibrate. My arms began to vibrate. 
my heart was vibrating, but in a way that didn't make me scared. It was, it was, it was all of that. Um, uh, I guess you might call it your heart chakra or your, um, uh, you know, your, your heart awareness opening. And I just felt tingling and intense vibrations all through my body, my head, my heart, my arms, my hands were tingling, my legs were tingling. And then all this, the more I focused my mind on all of that love that I was feeling, the gratitude, the forgiveness, the pain, the suffering, the next thing I know, I was shot out of my body. As unbelievably as that sounds, I shot out of my body. And the first thing I saw, actually, which was really strange, like really far out experience, was that I was observing when I popped out, I observed my body. I saw my body, uh, just the physical essence, kind of with my head down in deep meditation. And then my my spirit was was rising above it. Like it was like similar to what people's experiences might be with uh, uh, maybe the near death experience where people have had reports including on your show where they observe their own body, maybe being operated on or whatever. I saw that difference was my body wasn't, wasn't in any physical duress. It was just in a meditative state. And so my spirit, the next thing that happened is I remember seeing my body and seeing the room. I also remember seeing Cameron, the person who had led me through the DMT trip. And I remember this is this sticks out to me, uh, Jeff. It, it, I remember having absolutely no fear. You know, you would think that if you're observing and seeing your body, it's maybe because I've ha- I had I had I had had prior ones before, but I had no fear at all. And I remember just feeling bliss and love and total connection. And I don't even know how to explain it. Just uh, at that moment, I knew that that whatever happens at death, there's nothing to fear. it felt like I was dying, but I wasn't dead. And there was no thing for that. The next thing I know is I'm out of my body. And then I found myself in, in, uh, above my house, above where I was. And I remember all of a sudden not knowing where I am, but I was suddenly floating or flying more accurately above a lake. I don't know which lake it was, but there was a lake and I was flying above trees, and I was flying above the mountains, just absolutely free. And I remember my spirit feeling this is what it must be like to be an eagle or to be a hawk or to be some kind of like majestic bird that's able to take flight. And I remember that just unbelievable feeling of flying. And I, and I, and I, and I know at that point that what I was experiencing was real. It wasn't just a hallucination. The DMT loosened my fear to leave my body and not only to leave my body, but to actually fly, like literally fly. Now, was I in an astral realm? Was I flying above the mountains where I live now? I have no idea to this day. I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't really make out what mountains they were. I just remember I was flying definitively over mountain ranges. And I just remember thinking that, again, this is what it must be like to be an eagle or a bird soaring. And I remember feeling free. And at that moment, I knew that my body was just window dressing. It was just a space suit 
that I took for this incarnation. And I remember, and, and I want to make a point here, Jeff, I wasn't thinking this. I don't even know how to explain it. I wasn't thinking this. It was like a spirit time. Like I was beyond time and space that all, instead of thinking that I was more than my body, I just knew it was like my mind was no longer in control. Just these, these, um, truths of being just naturally came up from within me. Does that even make sense? Or it wasn't even like I was, it wasn't even like I was thinking anymore. Just, I was knowing how about I was knowing as I was flying over these mountains. Then the most incredible thing happened. I'm still flying over these trees. I'm flying over a lake, flying over the mountains. And then my spirit ended up in, I, I guess what I would, the way I've, internalized it. I was in another dimension of some sort, a celestial realm. All I remember was clouds. I was sitting in clouds, very similar to maybe people's depiction of what heaven might be, but it wasn't a final space. I knew that there was no such thing as a final heaven, if you will. It was a, it was one of many countless infinite celestial realms and for whatever reason, that's where I wound up at that moment. And I remember just as I was, so I was flying and all of a sudden I landed my spirit in this, in these clouds. I was in these, I was like inside a cloud. That's what it felt like though. I'm not even sure if that's what it was. It felt like I was inside clouds and all of a sudden the most incredible thing happened. I just call it the ring of love. I saw everybody that I had ever been friends with there. I saw my childhood friends and everybody was standing in a big circle, like a ring. I saw childhood friends going all the way back from kindergarten. I saw old neighbors. I saw beloved teachers. I saw ex lovers. I saw, um, you know, my first, my first dog that I had lost in a breakup. I saw family, family who had passed on just an unbelievable scene. And the most amazing thing to me, Jeff, was that the people who were standing in that ring were many folks who I had had falling outs with, who I had lost touch with, who I no longer um, talked to, who I rode off as having no interest in the spiritual path. You know, little, I mean, I felt foolish at that moment. I remember thinking or feeling more accurately, feeling at that moment that love has no bounds, that love is truly infinite. How else to explain the fact that all the people, that even people I had falling outs with, I felt nothing but love and forgiveness and acceptance, and they felt the same thing to me. I mean, these are people I hadn't seen in 15 years in 20 years and you know, who I'd had ugly falling outs with and everything was okay. Well, as I saw all these people standing in a ring, I started walking to the ring and everybody started smiling and rejoicing. And I remember hugging various people, old lovers, old friends, old colleagues, old teachers. And we were all just hugging and embracing and then I took my I took my place in this what I call now the ring of love, 
And we all started doing a little dance, like as if we were spinning clockwise. And then we'd go reverse and go counterclockwise. Unbelievable experience. And then the next thing I know is I was back soaring above the same mountains, above the lakes, and I was back in my body. Uh, you know, and the 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 weirdest the weirdest thing, Jeff, is that when I came out of the out-of-body experience, when I was back in my physical body, I came out of that meditation, and so did Cameron, who had my guide to the DMT trip. Cameron and I came out literally at the same time we came to out of our meditations. And we both looked at each other, smiled, and we both said, love is the essence of everything. We said it the same sentence at the same time. I wonder at this point too, did Cameron have an out-of-body experience at the same time that I did? I mean, to this day, uh, we never really got to talk about it. And the weirdest part is, Jeff, I never saw Cameron again after this experience. It's like we had this profound trip and, you know, it's very possible that he had had nearly an identical experience on a similar plane of reality. And to this day, I don't really know how to explain that. In all my other prior out-of-body experiences, I uh, I had only left my body and observed my body. And, and, and out of my body floated around the room in the house I was at, I never traveled to alternate dimensions. That never happened until the DMT trip. So it was like an out-of-body experience uh, amplified. Well, it sounds like you had an amazing trip. I think some people call that blasting into hyperspace. Uh, That's the I, terminology they use. <laughs> I feel like that was blasting into hyperspace. And I want to and I really want to emphasize to the audience too that I I really don't think that that was a hallucination. I mm. it felt as real to me as as anything. I think I just it there's something there's something about DMT that helps us detach from the ego mm. and that allows us to truly to truly do that. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out because from experience of reading the comments, I'm sure there's going to be somebody going to still say, you just were hallucinating. That wasn't a real out-of-body experience. But since you've experienced it before, you can notice the difference. Am I right about that? Absolutely. 100%. And in fact, I'd point out too, when I had this out-of-body with the DMT trip, the lead up to it was exactly the same as my prior out of bodies mm-hmm. where I felt my whole body vibrating, where I felt my entire being centered on love mm-hmm. and all of my other out of body experiences. It was always love, the feelings of it that brought me to that point. In fact, the only out of bodies I've ever had is through intense loving meditations, mm-hmm. any other kind of meditation, if it's mantra or, uh, mindfulness meditation, that'll never bring me anywhere close mm-hmm. to an out-of-body experience, only the loving meditations. And right. so when I had the DMT trip, it was the same triggers, Jeff. I felt the same love and I felt the same overwhelming vibrations pouring through my body. So I, I came away and I'm like, that that actually happened. Not only did it, did I, do I know that happened, but it, 
more importantly, the, the way I know that happened is because the experience left an indelible impact on me where I literally had to write about it. I, I, I wrote an entire like chapter in a book about this profound experience and how it literally changed my entire perception on reality and how I relate to other people and to the earth. All right. Well, after listening to your experience, let me ask you some questions that I'm curious about. Sure. So I'm going to sure. go back to the beginning. What class do you teach? I'm curious what the student was, you know, what was he taking that made him think that you were the, a person that was ready for this journey? So, uh, so I, so at the time I was teaching, uh, government courses, which is really weird. Right. Mm. And, and we were actually talking about the drug war. Wow. And and I had talked about how um, one of the major critiques of the drug war is that it inhibits our exploration of alternative states of consciousness. Mm. And I talked about all of the psychedelic research and the benefits that came out of it from the 60s and 70s with the, the Harvard experiments with Ram Das, who then was Richard Albert and Timothy mm. Leary. And I think he picked up on that. He's like, oh, this guy is like the kind of the hippie professor. This might be an interesting, this guy might be open to what I have to offer him. And Yeah, that probably, um, you know, (laughs) that alerted him that that you might be receptive. You know, Jeff, he heard Ram Dass, Mm -hmm. Ralph Metzer, Mm -hmm. Graham Hancock in my class mentioned, and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to turn that guy on to something he's never, he's never had before. Right. Now, I've never done this, and I'm not advocating for anybody to do this, but from the people that I've talked to or read about or watched or listened, it seems like usually the experience is like they see all kinds of psychedelic colors and geometric shapes, and like, you know, it's it's not really, to me, described as an out-of-body experience. It's more seeing all these amazing colors and and weird stuff. Some people say they see like, I think I actually had a podcast guest that was a little bit different, but they see like the machine elves or elves. You'll see beings from other dimensions. I mean, everybody has different experiences. I I have friends who have had out of bodies uh, during it. I've had friends actually who have traveled. This is far out, but I've had, I've had a friend who shared experience how they traveled Mm -hmm. into the realm between birth and death. And went back and actually witnessed their own birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have wow. some pretty there's some there's some pretty far out experiences. People have had out of bodies. People, like you said, have, have talked to elf people uh, or beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, there's all kinds of ex, all kinds of experiences that people have had on DMT that go well beyond just you know seeing psychedelic colors or uh, people have had experiences of being able to see the energy within other people and being able to tell their patterns, Mm -hmm. uh, unbelievable experiences. Right. And uh, follow up what I was saying about my guest, actually he had a near death experience and during his NDE, he saw these elves and then he read a book about DMT and someone else was saying they saw the elves, which was very similar to what he saw during his NDE. So that really, I think, surprised him and wanted to learn more about that and ayahuasca. Oh, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. And while that was my only out-of-body experience with DMT, I, mean, I had plenty of other, I've had, 
I had one other, the one other time I tried DMT. Um, I was, I was, uh, meditating in the forest here in the smoky mountains where I live. And I heard the chair, the spirits of the Cherokee Indians all around me and they were chanting. Uh, and that was a really different experience. It was an auditory experience. It wasn't an out of body, but it just depends on what gets triggered when you, when you do it. At that time it was auditory. The time with Cameron, I had the, the blast off and the out of body. Uh, but I, you know, just absolutely uh, astounding. And I, I think it's where you're at, Jeff. I think, mm-hmm. I think the spirit of DMT or the spirit of mushrooms or any other psychedelic will meet you where you are at that given moment. Right. And it's so interesting that you may, that you mentioned that because some people do have bad experiences. I read something that they were talking about. They had a whole bunch of people do it at the same time. The fascinating thing was they all, all these people saw the same being. They were seeing, the, seeing ah. these beings. On the bad end, a whole bunch of them got PTSD after seeing those beings. And were, I guess they were kind of messed up. When you make the decision, again, to do a psychedelic, A, it should only, and I'm not, again, I'm not an advocate. It's still illegal, you know, in many, 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 many places, right? But when you make that decision, it's not meant to be done recreationally. It's not meant to be done even often uh, there's people who have done this once and one time is enough. Uh, Alan Watts had a brilliant quote. He said, uh, when, <laughs> when you pick up the phone and you receive the message, hang up, right? There's no need to do it. You know, a second, third, fourth time. Once you've had that kind of profound experience, mm-hmm. then you can come do the inner work on yourself without the psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an important point too. Uh, but, but if you're not mentally ready for it and you don't have a guide, somebody who's been through it before, like Cameron was my guide when I had that out of body experience, he had done it many times before, but if you're not ready for it mentally and spiritually, and you don't have a guide, it's not recommended to to do psychedelics. That would be my um, humble opinion. Right. Another thing I found was interesting um, when you went to the ring of all the people that you knew, I've had a podcast guest, I believe one time when he went somewhere, went during his NDE, and everybody he had ever met in his life was there. I mean, even just, I think, casual meeting, but everybody. That's unbelievable. It's amazing. And I'm curious too, is it sounds like, I think in his experience, all these people weren't living anymore, but it sounds like in yours, they're still living at this time, right? There were a number of people who were still living. The exceptions really were my grandparents. Uh, that's about it. Everybody else who was there were were people. Actually, there was a childhood friend who had passed away mm-hmm. who was also there. But everybody I knew was there, which led me to believe. And again, I wasn't thinking this during the out-of-body. It was just something I was feeling that when we leave the soul plane, uh, a, a fractal, or a piece of us stays behind mm-hmm. always. That's the only thing that I could conclude after the experience that there's a fractal of us that when our soul takes birth in a new body. Um, th- and, and again, I'm not trying to tell people what to believe. I, I just personally believe in reincarnation, mm-hmm. but when the, when the soul reincarnates, this is what I felt after the out of body, when the soul reincarnates a piece of the soul 
reincarnates. And maybe there's another piece, multiple infinite pieces that stay in infinite dimensions, which might explain why I was able to see and, and feel like I was really there with everyone that was still alive now. Right. And some people may say that in your ring, you are connecting with all these people's higher selves. Yeah. And it's what if, it felt like everybody, Jeff, was was beyond all their pettiness, beyond their conflict. Not one person in the ring had any sense of grudges. Mm-hmm. No one said, hey, Forrest, you know, no one said anything like, hey, you know, what do you, why are you here? Everybody was just love. It was pure love. Everybody was in their highest uh uh, point and there's something else I remember from that out of body that stands out to me too, was how light everybody felt and it felt like I was being bathed in like some luminous light when I was there. I was in a cloud and it was just like white light, and that must have been the representation of everybody's highest self, or maybe it was this this the spiritual plane that we were on that was at such a heightened level that everybody was just at their highest consciousness. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's one of the great mysteries of it. So have you interacted with any of these people that you saw in the circle since the experience? And if so, how have your, how has your interactions changed? I'm so glad you asked that. So uh, I actually, this is a true story. I actually reached out to a number of people after this experience. Uh, one of them was a, was a friend that I had lost touch with. Uh, wow. We hadn't, we hadn't talked since I was 23. And so after that experience, which was when I was 31, I, I gave him a call and I just told him, I love you. I don't really care what happened with us, you know, from all that time back. I don't care who screwed over who or did anything. Whatever I did to you, I apologize. And what you do to me, I don't even remember and I don't care. I love you. And we're on a different, we're on a different plane, you know, and I, I reached out to another friend of mine too, who's much more open to what we're talking about. And I told him about the experience and he, he thought it was really funny that after we hadn't talked in six, seven years that that experience made me call him. (laughs) So yes, I, I can think of at least four people that I reached out to, uh, after that experience, to get right with them. And that was one of the big messages, Jeff, that I took away from the out of body. You better get right with people. If you have a problem on this physical plane with somebody that was close to you, get over it and let it go. Because the connection that you have is so beyond this physical plane. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. And there's no point in holding grudges because all you're doing is holding yourself back on this journey. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big takeaways I took from that. There's no point in holding grudges. There's no point in not forgiving and just, just live and let go. Do you feel like you are spiritually transformed from this experience? And if so, how? Absolutely. I feel like it gave me, I had already believed before that experience that we were all interconnected and that love was the highest and greatest force in the universe. But now I know it. And I don't mean knowing it in an egotistical, I know more than you way. I mean, I can feel it. I can feel that is truth within me, that we are, we are all connected on a plane of awareness that transcends the physical realm. 
And it also became very clear to me too, that spirit knows no bounds and that love is deathless. Those are all things that I took away from that trip. And if that's not transformative, I don't know what is that, that transformed me. And I'm quicker now, Jeff, to, to forgive and let go and not hold on to grudges. That's one thing I took away from that experience is if I'm feeling angry at somebody, let them know and let's move on and get past this. That's one thing that came out of it. And also, Jeff, it fortified my faith in an afterlife because whatever I experienced in that dimension, in that ring of love was definitely, definitely some, some realm that we go when our bodies die. And I became more firm in my belief in an afterlife. In fact, I don't even think it's a question anymore. It's just, yeah, there's others, there's other celestial realms. Cool. There's, mm-hmm. you know, um, are, are there such thing as ma- it's that the question to me, are there other celestial realms is like the question, do we need water to drink and survive? You know, it's just something very like, it became very obvious to me that, yeah, we, 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 as the Hindus say, drop the body. And when we die and something's dropping the body and that's the spirit and it's real. And I experienced that as something that is, is one with the body. But then when I had the out of body in that DMT trip, it is also separate from the body. It's its own being, its own essence. I believe you mentioned that you talked to one or two of your pets or saw them also in your ring of love. Can you tell us about the connection with pets and how that affected you? Okay. So when I was there, I saw, uh, by the way, they're both living pets in Mm. now to the best of my knowledge, the, the old dog Pua was her name is still, uh, is still alive, I think. And then my beloved dog, Abby, who's actually sitting next to me right now, uh, that connection was as strong, if not more powerful than the connections I felt in the ring of love with all of the people I was with. In fact, my dog, Abby, was the first being that ran up to me uh, when they saw me enter the ring of love. And again, all the people in the ring all took turns hugging and, and we were embracing before, you know, before I took my place with them. But I remember that feeling with, with, with Abby, with my dog, just being, uh, just transcendent. And I think that, I think that the, the feeling I had in that ring was that the souls of animals, particularly dogs, cats are every bit as powerful as wise and transcendent as the human soul. In, in fact, uh, I kind of came away from the out of body thinking who's to say that the, the pet doesn't become a human in the next life or the human doesn't become a pet. Who's to say? Uh, so I would say that the connection with the pets is just incredibly, you know what I got Jeff? Pure love. When I saw the, when I saw the, the two dogs that I've had in my life, I felt pure love with them. I felt before that if you watch a child happily come up to a dog and petting the dog and the dogs happily coming up to the child and licking the child, when you witness that, that's witnessing pure, unconditional love. Just pure spirit, pure love. In the beginning, I mentioned that you're an author. So can you tell us about your books? One was um, the 
hippie hippie revi- <laughs> hippie revival and collected writings mm-hmm. uh and and that's actually actually in that book i have a description of the out of body experience mm. um and uh the um second book was is covid-19 and humanity's spiritual awakening that's right along with today because perhaps one of the reasons a lot of people have come to my podcast is because of the pandemic. It's been a really profound period for growth. It's been obviously a time of great suffering mm-hmm. for many, many, many people. But it's also been a, a, a wonderful opportunity for us to search for deeper meaning in our lives. Mm-hmm. And also an important time to come to terms with our fear of death and an important time to reconnect with the natural worlds and to, and to have more gratitude and live for the moment. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So besides being an author, do you have any other projects that you're working on right now that you want us to know about? So I guess one of my, one of my things I'm working towards right now is establishing a wilderness healing center. Uh, And I'm just starting to formulate the idea but I want it to be geared towards um, people who are struggling. It could be with PTSD, with an emphasis on veterans, uh, people who have struggled with drug abuse, people who are trying to reintegrate into society from prison. Those are some of the groups I think I'd like to work with down the road. So that's a project, my, a long-term project I'd really like to work towards. Uh, in terms of my short-term uh, you know, I'm about to start a, uh, a, a little YouTube channel called one soul evolution. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm going to launch that fairly, fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've just been doing a lot with the books and just trying to spread some positivity during a time that's been dark, dark for a lot of people. That's great. Once you finally get your YouTube channel started, Um, contact me and we'll put it in the description of this video because even though a lot of people will watch it, you know, in the first couple of days, people will still continue watching it. So some of those viewers will be new viewers and that'll be there for them as well as people who want to go back and find you. Well, that's fantastic. And, and I, I think your, your show is really fascinating and I think your viewers, um, and listeners have, have a really special thing going on here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I have great viewers and great guests like you. As I've said before, without the guests, there is no podcasts. The guests are the stars of the podcast. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you. So are you a public person and do you welcome people contacting you or do you prefer to remain private? You can absolutely contact me. Um, I, you can, you can reach me. I do have a, I do have a, a website. Um, www.forestrivers.com. Uh, you can reach me there. Uh, and you can write me at forestrivers4 at gmail.com. Uh, and, and, and if you rather, you can reach me on Facebook too at forest, you know, just type in forest rivers and you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love having conversations about consciousness. I love hearing other people's stories so please share if you've had an, you know, an out of body that you would like to share too. I'd love to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or an experience that you've had with 
psychedelics that was sort of life-changing. Uh, feel free to reach out. So that was Forest Rivers number four or F-O-U-R at gmail.com? Yeah, just F-O-R-R-E-S-T, rivers4 at gmail.com. Yep. Okay. All right, Forrest. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last positive message you can share with everybody? Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the two biggest takeaways I got from when I had my out-of-body experience was that love is at the center of the universe and it's the most powerful force there is. And I also learned a lot about forgiveness from the, from the episode with the ring of love. So I would just encourage all the viewers here just to live a life filled with love towards yourself, towards each other, towards the earth, and also to, 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 to forgive and forget. Just let go. If you're harboring any kind of um, grudges or anger uh, towards anybody, just let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. All it does is it injures you. Um, and you don't need an out-of-body to, to come to that. It, it, it did for me. I needed the out-of-body to come to those conclusions. Because to be honest, I, I was still harboring resentments uh, prior to that experience. I wasn't always learning to let go. And maybe I wasn't always living, though I thought I was, prior to the, that experience Maybe I wasn't always living with love. So I would just encourage all the viewers, you know, live with love and forgive. That's, that's it. A, that's all I want to say. That's a great message. And Forrest, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you. And I wish you massive success in whatever you're doing. Uh, Jeff, it's been, it, thank you for having me. And I think your your show is just awesome. And the viewers and listeners benefit greatly from having you. Thank you. All right, Forrest, we'll have a good evening. Yeah. Take care, Jeff. You too. Bye-bye. Peace. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.